Then she starts berating me. And keep in mind, this is a white woman. She's like, you fucking ghetto ass nigga. Oh, blah, 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 blah. You bitch ass. Like, and she's the hard R. Oh, she's hard R. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. I'm Mario. Yeah, I'm Peter. And we're Guys, guys That, that listen. listen. On today's show, we got one of our longtime friends, the very charming, very funny Eric Glover. <laughs> My name's Glover. Uh, I am a former educator turned consultant Ooh. and just a uh, communications expert, I guess you could say. <laughs> yeah, so uh, funny thing, uh, a lot of people don't know, but Peter and I started this back in 2018. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Glover is one of our original unreleased episodes. So it's, mm-hmm. he was the third person we ever interviewed and we still have that tape somewhere. We do. Oh, we yeah. do. The missing files, bro. The missing files. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a fun one. I, I feel like I have to go back and like change a lot of the stuff. Because <laughs> uh, then I was single. I am not single anymore. Where so. are you now? I am engaged. Wow. Yes. Yeah. yes. A lot has changed in what, five years? That was the last time we filmed it, right? Like five years ago? Yeah. yeah. A couple girlfriends and now a fiance is... Things have changed. Things are looking up for you, boy. <laughs> I think that's called growth. Yeah, yeah. But you can still say the stuff, right? Now you're good. You locked her in. Yeah. You're fine. I locked her in. Yeah. She's safe. Like, uh, I put a ring on it. So. Yeah. We were actually waiting to do this episode until he got the ring on it because, you know, we were, <laughs> we're actually going to drop it at his wedding. <laughs> oh, shit. Just the highlight reels, though. Just the good things. You got to make sure you put in, like, all the worst vulgar stuff so that my family just looks at me terribly. No, <laughs> see? Well, so I'm his uh, best man, right? Unfortunately. Yes, he is actually. <laughs> what I'm going to do is I'm going to clip all the nice things I'm going to say about him in this episode. Instead of giving a speech, I'll You're just terrible. put it on the TV. <laughs> you know what? That's actually an amazing idea. Not bad, right? I'm just trying to get out of all the best man duties. Well, I can do it. I actually like, I think I'd appreciate that. You're saying that you're a master communicator, right? You have a master's in communications. Yes. Yes. I got my master's in communication from Cal State LA Ooh. in 2020 when I graduated. Does it help you communicate with women? Is that why you're engaged now? <laughs> <laughs> That's the biggest change. Oh man. Uh, having a master's in communication just, uh, uh, has helped me a lot with um, sort of understanding different perspectives yeah. and like how to use my communication styles to my benefit. So like convincing people to do things, right? Being more persuasive. And that's what mm. communication has taught me. Got her to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit more persuasive, right? I remember that one of the things that we talked about last time was like the the difference in being, you know, someone of color compared to someone, you know, like Peter or me and everything, especially being in the groups and stuff that you're in. Mm-hmm. And I remember we talked about like how you experienced life way differently than us. Um, you want to talk a little bit about that? Uh, if you remember what you said. You mean, uh, <laughs> oh, the, the technical term that you were trying to get me to say is... is uh, shooting fish in a barrel. <laughs> <laughs> I think the term you were trying to get me to say is gateway nigga. <laughs> is that the one? <laughs> we were talking about dating specifically, yeah. right? Yeah. So we were yeah. talking about like how in the dating world, um, being... Uh, a black guy and tall like has a lot of advantages and I'm also like the kind of unassuming non-threatening black guy that you can bring home to your parents I'm like oh I like this guy (laughs) so like you can get your uh, cred for like dating a black guy but like not dating like a ghetto or scary black guy so like that's the term gateway nigga like I'm I'm what opens the doors to like black guys and then like you're like "Mm, I need something harder (laughs) I'm not hard I'm just (laughs) <laughs> Chill. I'm, I would say I'm more of like a, a nerdy 
kind of guy. Would you say you're like the truly of black guys, where it's like you know maybe the what <laughs> the truly of the black truly, guys? Because oh. it's like let's say you're like you know 21, you just started drinking, you start with the truly, and then mm. maybe maybe after you go towards like a harder beer, or you start doing shots if you've never drank before, you know? Oh damn! Oh, oh. Yeah, all right, yeah. I guess you could say I'm like the the seltzer of black guys, <laughs> the white claws. This of is for white claws. This is black cherry right here. <laughs> you know what's funny too is like ironically. Um, Watermelon is my favorite flavor from White Claw. That's and terrible. Peter knows this. I hate watermelon everything else. Yes. <laughs> but I Damn, love the watermelon really? White Claw. Wow. I think a lot of it has to do with like um, more of my beliefs and like I wanted to go against like stereotypes. I completely understand And that. so like I was very adamant about like I don't want to be – I don't want to fit into this category. I don't want to be this stereotype. So I was like – I don't I hate watermelon, so I just grew up and like kept that in my head. <laughs> I don't know why I picked that of all things, yeah. but like I all the stereotypes are like fuck watermelon. <laughs> I I can't remember the last time I've even had a watermelon. He always goes against it so much, and he's like fuck watermelon. Oh, that's disgusting. Where's the pineapple? Like he goes directly to comparing to other fruits. You know, it's 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 always super interesting because he's done it since he's a little kid. Yep, that's true. Peter has known me since I was like fourteen, so we've been. Doing this shit forever. Yeah. Bro. Do you think, okay, so now that you said that, because I've never heard you admit to that, but I've always figured it. Yeah. You know, I just didn't, I've never heard you say it. Yeah. Like, but in your family, like, you're the one that has the highest education in your immediate family? Yes. So in my immediate family, uh, my mother has her associates. I think mm -hmm. my dad did a little bit of college. Mm -hmm. And then my two older sisters, um, neither of them graduated high school. Yeah. So that was uh, one of my main motivations for graduating high school. Yeah, I, I remember that. I remember seeing like your sisters and I was like, oh, shit, they're kind of scary. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, that's Glover if he looked mean. I was like, goddamn. That is a fact. My yeah. sisters are thugs. Yeah. They're oh. not thugs, but like they yeah, yeah. they will throw down. Like yeah. there's yeah. there's the scary one. So I'm not. I'm very uh friendly. So yeah, yeah. You are. And then like I saw him obviously graduate high school and then college and then go get his masters. But his masters was one thing that I was always curious about. And uh, I'm going back to what I was saying earlier because you tried to fight against the grain, right? And to me, you had already been that because you're you already had your bachelor's mm -hmm. but then i felt like when i asked you why did you go for your master's you're like oh you know i just wanted to go for my master's and to me in my head i was like he just wants to prove that he could do it because to <laughs> me I was, it's, it's definitely not the pay you know what i mean like what yeah. you were doing it wasn't the pay it had to be something else it's something you want to accomplish for yourself to show like hey look at me i got my master's against all odds like i got my master's yeah actually um that kind of hit the nail on the head right there nope. um uh, I did do a lot of it or a lot of the motivation was because I wanted to like see how far I can go. Mm -hmm. And I think with education and anything, it's a, it's a battle of attrition. Like how long can you endure? Mm -hmm. Cause uh, being academically inclined, I don't think it makes you a better person or a smarter person. It just means that that person's willing to endure mm -hmm. like the hardships of like being a student. And mm -hmm. so that was like what happened for me. And also too, like growing up, like my mom would always say like, I would love if you guys got a master's degree and stuff like that. And so again, going back to like the motivation, like mm -hmm. everything I did educationally was like to help or make my mom feel like proud because I felt guilty that like my two older siblings didn't do anything. So, like, I was like, fuck man, I, I want to make my mom proud. Like I wanted to see her kid like graduate from college, graduate from high school, like get a master's. So I was like, all right, 
Fuck it, I'll do it. <laughs> oh damn! So <laughs> is that, like that is that usually a youngest sibling type of thing where it's like it can be if your older siblings fucked up. Oh, yeah. okay. look at your little sister. So successful. Yeah, when when the older sibling, I'm not saying you and Albert <laughs> fuck ups or anything, but I'm saying like when the older siblings don't reach that like level that their parents are like hoping they achieve. I'm definitely like, not a doctor or a lawyer. It feels or like lawyer. all that weight goes on to them, and so oh. like maybe maybe it's not like um intentional from the parents but i know that as a youngest sibling like that's something i definitely felt mm. so i was like all right well i gotta i gotta make sure that my mom doesn't feel like a failure of a parent so i gotta like i gotta do this shit so she can like look at my son i'm proud of him mm. and like all the things he's done but oh. you know what too you are at least i don't know your siblings super well you know i come across them a couple times but i do feel like you are the mama's boy or or at least like the, one the only boy yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry yeah. but you know the 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 child that you gets close to your mom the most, you know, compared to the other siblings. I've always noticed that because you're always doing things with your mom. You're always, you know, holidays. Like, I think one of your sisters don't even live close to here, right? Or neither neither of of my sisters live close to here. They both are on the East Coast. One is in Maryland and uh, the other is incarcerated in, uh, I think, Alabama right now. That's crazy. What, What was that? What was happening with that again? So it was a case about her and her ex girlfriend at the time. Um, she spanked her girlfriend's daughter and oh. then the little girl ran away because she was crying and then she hit her head on the table and that caused something and she died. What? what? Holy crap. Wait, how old was the daughter? I want to say like under six, maybe like a. That's crazy. Kid. That because I mean, as a kid, I've definitely hit my head a couple times, as you could tell. And <laughs> and I can't imagine like the amount of force that it would take to like kill a kid like yeah, for, for she, herself no, she, too. Didn't, she didn't kill the kid, the kid no 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 no, no. For, for the kid to kill yeah. herself like yeah, like yeah. like i you know i ran into some shit but goddamn, that's Damn. crazy yeah. i can't even imagine that actually i have a question did you get hit a lot or was there a lot of hitting in your family like uh, spanking and stuff growing up yeah there like was some stuff. corporal punishment yeah um my mom had this wooden paddle that had yeah. holes in it. it. I think it was like an old racket or something like that. But uh-huh. like, you could hear it whistling when they swing it. So like, lover that hears the whistle now, he's like, oh, because oh. I've noticed at least with some of like my my black friends and stuff that it's very normalized, like hitting your kids or like, oh, I'm gonna whoop your ass if you don't do this mm. or like, you know, it's very so much more normalized than in other cultures that I've like, you know, interacted with. Like with Latinos and stuff, like you get the chancla and everything, you know? <laughs> it's not too bad, right? it, It's not, it's, yeah. it, it's not too bad, but like, it may, maybe it's just the friends that I've had where it's like, yeah, it, obviously it's a part of it, mm. but with like my African-American friends, there's, it's more, it's more normal. Like it's just, if you don't do something, I'm whoop you. My grandma used get the to belt. beat my ass. Yeah, too. yeah. <laughs> like my grandma used to make us do this thing when we used to fuck around too much, and she'd have us go into the backyard and pick out a switch, a tree branch that we wanted to let her use to hit oh, us. Oh, that's that's so we always archaic. look for like the softest. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're like, all right, which one's not gonna hurt? We're like, this one. All right, cool. Here you go, grandma. That's so wild. Paddle switches, uh, belts were very common, uh, but. I was thankful though. My parents never like struck me in the face. Yeah. So they're like, they kept the moneymaker safe. <laughs> what do you think that is though? Like the educational person in me thinks that like it's it has to do with like slavery and racism, like being ingrained in our culture mm-hmm. for such a long time whenever we were punished. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Back then it was through violence. And so that was like maybe the most effective way that our older generation saw to get people to listen. And so they just carried that with them through the generations. And yeah. I feel like um, with my parents' generation, it was prevalent, but I think with generations after them, it's becoming less and less yep. prevalent. Mm-hmm. Like I know um, lots of my cousins that have children, um, 
some of my younger aunts and uncles, uh, they're all very like, um, I don't want to say force free, but like they definitely don't like, they're not resorting to like spanking as often. They try and use like other methods. And I think that's really good for the kids. Cause like that social emotional learning is really important because if you beat a kid at a young age, they're going to assume that that's mm -hmm. the only way to yeah. go out in life. And that's one of my problems too. So I used to get in a lot of fights when I was a kid, like I've been suspended. <sighs> At least 15 times. Damn. Yeah. And all from fighting, like yeah. from elementary to middle school, just like tons of fighting and getting suspensions. So like, I uh, definitely don't want to like carry on that tradition, like with my future children. No, I think that's kind of absolutely right. I, I always assumed it becomes kind of part of the cultural conscious, mm -hmm. you know, from so many years of experiencing that through like, you know, slavery and all that. And it just carries on. But, you know, nowadays you have more information at hand, you know, it becomes a little harder to do that too since you go to jail for killing kids you know I'm not trying to catch case yeah. <laughs> i've seen you grow up and obviously i i've known you when you were a little kid too and i i've known him to well these fights too a lot of times he, he didn't bring it up but he there are fights that he got into because he was getting bullied you oh, know yeah. he was getting jumped he was you know people were fighting him it wasn't like a fight that he was picking on someone and he started I mean, I've seen him do that too, but that, that's, <laughs> there's one fight that I picked. Yeah, I think I that was only whooped. one time as an adult. <laughs> but as a as a kid, though, you were never really that aggressive, like ever. I definitely don't feel like I was an aggressor in any of those fights. Mm -hmm. uh, it was a lot of the time self defense, but growing up too, like in Santa Ana, like kids are assholes. Period. Oh, like, yeah. Regardless of where you're at, kids are assholes, and so like. I didn't know how to like learn to let words bounce off of me and like, just like ignore it. And so every time someone would say something like about my mom or like say something about my co the color of my skin, like mm -hmm. instantly, like, all right, cool. Now I have to fucking have to fight this guy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like that's the only choice I have to like kind of, uh, stand up for myself. Also, I was a very little kid growing up too. Yeah. You got a growth spurt. I was like five feet when I started high school. So I was like way shorter <laughs> than like all of my friends. And then by the time I graduated, I was like six feet. So like, That's so crazy. I think that like from elementary to middle school, because I was a small black kid, like it's, they were like, Oh, it's easy, easy yeah. pickings. Let's get him. And then after I started growing, I saw like a lot less of that. You know, it's funny with that growth spurt came like pretty much your, um, I guess your adult phase when now you started dating girls were more of a thing. Yeah. You know, I guess it comes with height. I wouldn't know. Well, with height comes confidence. Oh, and okay. like online, everyone always says like, oh, if you're tall, like girls love you. And yeah. so like that kind of gets ingrained in you a little bit too. So you have a little bit more confidence. Oh, really? Did you feel that? At, at what height did you feel that? Were you like, oh shit, 5'10", I feel that now. 5'11", 6, okay, <laughs> so, holy crap. Yeah. All right. So, Once I hit 6 feet. Yeah, I you know what I mean? If I was 6 feet, I would be you know, a little bit more confident in myself so than now. I think it wasn't like the height that made me confident with mm. women. I didn't start getting my confidence with women until like online dating became a thing, mm. like Tinder and stuff like that. I didn't know really how to approach women. I didn't have game. I was just like the skinny skater kid with like no style. Mm. So like, even though I was tall, I was like, ah, I'm too scared to talk to these women. <laughs> and then Tinder came along and I was like, oh, this is so much easier because I don't have to like be in face to face and like they don't see me fucking up i get a lot more time to think about what i'm gonna say yeah. and i get to be clever and so like that's where like my confidence with women came from was when i started like doing online dating and stuff oh, like that wow how did that because you know i've never online dated but how did that translate in person you know like you're like oh i feel confident i matched with x amount of people 
Mm. And now we got to meet in person. So I think for me with that, like whole talking stage, like Mm. on the um, apps and stuff like that, gives me a good sense of who that person is. And then also gives me an opportunity to kind of really show them who I am too. So that Mm. way I'm not as nervous uh, when I meet them in person. So when you met them in person, I don't know how many people you match with online or, you know, felt confident with talking before you met your first person in real life. Mm. But how did it feel like the first person that you met in real life? Oh, fucking terrifying. (laughs) Fucking terrifying. The very first like date is just because like you're like, oh, I know what this person looks like. Like you're scared. You show up and just like it's first date nerves like it is, but maybe a little bit more because you haven't done any real talking with them. Like either face to face or anything like that. So it was it was really terrifying. But like after that first one under your belt, it becomes easier and easier. And also like I was old enough to drink. So all of my dates always ended up like at bars. Because mm. I was like, oh, let's go to a bar because it's a local place. I can drink to get that liquid confidence. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and if like the date doesn't go well, I could easily just dip. Yeah. <laughs> like, just get out of there. I, I feel like it's practice too. You know, it's like those first few dates, you know, sometimes you're, you're working out the kinks mm-hmm. and you're seeing how like, you know, how to talk to someone. Then maybe it doesn't work out. You go to the next person, you know, you keep online dating. And eventually you kind of get a little bit of a hang of it. Like trial and error, yeah. like what method works best. And then also understanding that like, there's no uh, uniform method that works for everything. You have to be able to adjust and adapt. And oh, so that's wow. the other thing yeah. that you have that's to learn too is like, all right, well, maybe this uh, this way of speaking works well for like this person, but like someone else wants like a yep. different mm-hmm. version. So you have to like learn how to, and it sounds like really manipulative and kind of gaslighting a little no, bit. No, not at all. No, no, no. That's, <laughs> I don't, that's, that's just you true. Also like you have to like uh, adapt your, your best self. You're putting your best self that's forward. That's exactly and so, like you're trying to, cultivate like whatever that best self is for that person so that way they will be interested in going on more dates in the i call it constant course correction where it's like you know you are correcting as you're going along Mm -hmm. you're not stopping and it's like not like you're faking who you are you're just adjusting aspects of your personality to show your best self forward you know Mm, so those parts are more highlighted yeah i actually i really like that term constant course correcting because i feel like i'm still doing that (laughs) (laughs) in my current relationship with my fiance like i'm always like trying to figure out like how to uh, adapt and stuff like that and Mm. so you never stop like course correcting you just get better at it exactly yeah yeah okay that makes sense Uh, i just i used to call it i wouldn't call it anything but i I would say like oh just never stop dating the person that you're with you always be in that phase because people get comfortable you know that's that's what i've noticed but to put things kind of like in perspective like when glover was on his first tinder date this was the OG Tinder days. This was before the stigma of Tinder was like the hookup app. This yeah. Before you had it, it Instagram. A, yeah. <laughs> yeah I, this, I had Tinder before I had Instagram, actually, yeah. I think. <laughs> this was like the dating app. You know, that's just where you gone. Until a certain point, people started noticing like, uh, you know, people are actually here more for the hookups than they are to have a long-term relationship, right? So at what point did you realize that it became more of a hookup app? Uh, So I want to say... Right after his first hookup. <laughs> <laughs> I want to say the first couple of dates, like I was really trying to like, like have a pursue a relationship with like these people. Cause it's like, I really want to mm-hmm. like have that. Cause at that point in my life, I had like not had a girlfriend. Like I think I had my very first girlfriend when I was like in my early to mid twenties. Mm-hmm. So I also like 
I didn't lose my virginity until I was 21 too. So mm-hmm. like the dating life didn't start until after that oh, happened. Wow. <laughs> so I didn't lose until I was 21. So my dating life didn't really, um, or my interactions with women that way didn't happen until after. Just with like the hookup culture and Tinder, I think it was like someone from my speech and debate group also had Tinder. And he was, someone was like, dude, you just use it to hook up with people. And I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> the light bulb moment. Okay. <laughs> Let me download this. <laughs> I was like already using it, but I wasn't thinking like, oh, I could just use oh. it to hook up with people. I was like, Okay, and then that kind of made it like you kind of remove like emotion, and then that kind of became where like the fuckboy Glover kind of <laughs> sort I of that Glover. <laughs> sort of where that like fuckboy kind of persona came through. Because then I'm just like, fuck it, I don't care about like that. I'm just here to hook up, and like I would say that in the chats and stuff like that, and like kind of make it known, but also like you know beating around the bush when I'm doing it, like using. Alliter- uh, all- not alliteration, like using like euphemisms and stuff yeah. like that. Like, oh, <laughs> once you go black, you don't go back. Yeah, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> the routine is always like, uh, talk to them on Tinder and then get their Snapchat so that you can start sexting. Like, oh, wow. <laughs> really? <laughs> what it is is you flirt first on Tinder and you're like, seeing, you're just trying to get the, the lay of the land, trying to figure out if like they're down, right? So like, you're flirting, you're like talking a little sexual innuendo. And if you see like they're giving it back, you're like, all right, cool. Now let me get that Snapchat. And then you take it a step further and you start sending pictures. And like, that was like kind of the way that I felt confident because like if that chick was willing to send me a picture, then I felt like she was probably willing to go a little bit further if we oh, yeah. met up in person. So like, yeah. that was like, I was like, all right, cool. Any of those experiences have ever been scary where you're like, oh shit, like, something is kind of off because i'm not sure if you heard that story recently a student or a graduate from cal state fullerton went to columbia and uh he went on a tinder date i think oh, and then he yeah. died oh, so the girl trap. yeah trapped him and like they took his money and i guess they found his body like somewhere else i feel like that could have easily happened to me the last time i did a tinder hookup internationally oh, wow. i was in um although it was in copenhagen though so i guess no. oh. copenhagen's like really safe <laughs> yeah but like so the thing is like we were at this club and this wasn't a tinder date actually this is the very like one of my very first i met her at the place and then she took me back home we were at the bar with your cousin pam actually oh damn. yeah, yeah, yeah. we're at this club pam. with pam and uh i was drunk off my ass <laughs> and uh i guess i was dancing this girl was like dancing on me and next thing i know like we're making out the club's closing and everyone's leaving and she's like you want to come back home with me and i was like fuck yeah i do like <laughs> i'm not gonna say no to like this beautiful blonde chick who like was dancing and making out with me of course i'm gonna go back like mm-hmm. yeah let's do it so we take like this train and it's a 30 or 45 minute train ride to her house and so that was like what? my first like i was like oh Whoa. This is way further than I thought it would be. Wait, that was in now. Copenhagen? That's really far. Yeah, she was outside of Copenhagen. Oh, because Copenhagen is tiny. Copenhagen is a small city, so it was like outside of Copenhagen. So like we take this train to like her house. There's other people there, right? So like what? a couple of her friends, like girls and oh. like two guys. And then so like we go into her room and then we start hooking up. And again, drunk off my ass. So like whiskey dick is real. No! <laughs> you had 45 minutes to... <laughs> to try and sober up. <laughs> I, I should have taken that opportunity, but I didn't. So, like, whiskey dick is real. And so, eventually, I was able to, like, get it up. And then, like, we're doing it. And, like, I'm not finishing. So, I was like, all right. I just need to go to the bathroom real quick. Because uh, during sex, I notice I start to get that feeling in my stomach, the bubbles. And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, I need to take a shit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so, we had to stop so I could go to the bathroom to take a dump. And I go back in. Yeah. And we keep going. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. I think I like had passed out 
uh, afterwards and woke up like in this weird room. It's a lot like this this studio space, and it had like a chase lounge and like TVs and um, records all over the place, but like no one was there. And I was like, it was a basement. I didn't remember. Like I had to walk down some stairs to get into the room, and it's like a basement. So I was like, oh fuck, how the fuck do I get out of here? I'm trapped. It's like the fucking movie, the, the Saw movie. Yeah, that's dude. What it felt like. Play a play game. <laughs> that's what I was like, oh goddamn, I just had the last sex of my life. <laughs> the last um, sex of my life. Like this is how I'm gonna die. Like, uh, was it worth it? I was like, maybe. <laughs> I find the door and I get out and as I'm walking out like she's there oh I'll take you to the train station she's like oh thank god she's a nice person oh damn like this isn't like a scary thing she's like yeah you just want to buy this ticket and you're taking this train back and I was like oh well obviously you went through your fuckboy Eric phase right <clears throat> so let me uh wander out to other apps like Bumble uh, what's so, that? Coffee meets bagel. What, what's her? What the coffee that? meets bagel. Plenty of fish. Hinge. Badu. Christian mingle. Farmers only. Black people meet. meet. What is the handicap one? <laughs> uh, abled passions. Stop it. Get some help. Oh, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> yeah, no, I I didn't do that one. At what point did you decide? Uh, you know, I kind of had enough of this. I had my fill. For each relationship I had, I learned something new that I would carry into the next relationship. And, like, it made me leaps and bounds better. And so I think, like, right now with my current relationship, I am, like, I don't want to say the fucking peak. peak. lover. <laughs> I don't want to say I'm, like, peak relationship lover, but I've definitely made, like, huge, huge strides. And, like... Like so much so that I'm engaged. So yeah. like, yeah, clearly wow. I'm doing, I'm doing better with like my relationships with like my partners and stuff like that. So like I'm, I'm making a concerted effort to care about like what's going on with their feelings and stuff like that. And so that, that's, that's been huge, I think for me and like really uh, cements like the end of my fuck boy ways. Like yeah, the end that, of fuck boy Glover. Yeah. It sounds like you became more self-aware. After these kinds of experiences where you can end more empathetic too, where it's like, hey, you can't do that to someone. Like, yeah. you can't like, you know, because yeah. mm. at, at least that's like for me, I'm like, I, when I date, I, I try to be as honest as I can. If I'm not feeling it, hey, I'll tell you, like, I'm not really feeling this. Or I'm like, this is the direction I want something to go. Like, if, if it happens, it happens. And if it doesn't, it doesn't. But at least I'm like being my true self mm. in these relationships. I actually, you just reminded me of a, a time that I was honest and it, um, I don't want to say blew up in my face. <laughs> But the person on the other side was not happy. <laughs> really? What was it about? Again, I forget what fucking dating app it was because there's so goddamn many. But I like, <laughs> matched with some, this woman. And so she like lived far away. Like It was a good distance. I think it was like 40 miles or something like that. And yeah. so I was like, I was telling her, I was like, I'm willing to meet like halfway somewhere so that we're not like either one of us is going too far. And so we had been uh, talking here and there for like a week. And there was a week had gone by where I was like really busy. And so I couldn't like text or call her. And then the week after that, I was like, Oh, Hey, you still want to do this date and stuff like that. And, um, she was like, not really. And I was like, why not? She's like, cause you didn't call or text me like this all last week. And I was like, I told you at the beginning of the week that I was busy. Also like texting and phone calls is like a two way street. Mm -hmm. so, like you could have easily have like called me if you wanted to talk or text. And she's like, no, I don't have a dick. Only the guys are supposed to call and text oh, and stuff like that. Oh, wow. I don't like that. Yeah, right? Mm -hmm. And I was just like, I was like, um, you know what? Maybe we don't need to go on this date. Like, I think, I think we're good, right? And so then she starts berating me. And keep in mind, this is a white woman. She's like, you fucking ghetto ass nigga. Oh, blah, 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 blah. You bitch ass. Like, and she's the hard R. Oh, Isn't that kind of fucking crazy? Because like, how does that work? If she's obviously racist, 
but she chooses to like go on a date with you. What kind of like dynamic is that? You know what I mean? Like that stuff, it, it kind of shocks me sometimes. Cause I remember it's like, we, we rarely witness like someone saying the hard R with you around, you know what I mean? So I remember one time we had, we had had just a house party at your house and then the cops came. You remember that? And then you had a roommate. She was white too. Yes. And then she had been nice to us. like, for so long i would have never guessed right she comes down and then she was like these guys are having a party they're being loud with this and where i was like holy to the cops and the cops were the like, cops are like whoa, whoa. <laughs> like chill out and she's like, i don't give a fuck i don't like like she had not been mean to us prior it was a fucking shock it was this crazy was your roommate or his roommate, My roommate. His roommate. your roommate yeah. Called you the, yeah yeah that must have been an awkward next Bro, day like, it was. uh i i remember very vividly like not liking her a lot after that. <laughs> Prior to that, I think I was trying to get in her pants too. Yeah. So, <laughs> so speaking about saying the N word, um, do you remember giving me the uh, pass? The pass? No, do you remember what? giving me the pass? Glover gave me my first pass. Oh, yeah. really? Because yeah. he's like, "Go ahead, say it. I give you the pass." And I was like, <laughs> and I was like, "Really?" And I was like. And, and I said it like once or twice, like, mm-hmm. say it more. <laughs> I do remember that. And uh, giving like my friends the N-word pass. And it's so funny, too, because like I feel like I go back and forth with this often mm-hmm. with like who should be allowed to say it and who shouldn't be allowed to say it. Yeah. And um, Marlon Wayans had this stand up that I thought was fucking on point. And he's like, black people can't give you the N-word card, but we can give you a nigga passport. And only works with your niggas. So you can't take that like passport to another group of black guys and say nigga. Like doesn't work that way. It only works with your black guy. Yeah, yeah. And so I think that's like the concept that I was trying to do. I just didn't know what the word was for it at the time. So yeah, I was giving out nigga passports to my friends so that they could say it to me. So what I'm saying is you can say nigga around your niggas. But if you think you gonna go around some new niggas and say nigga? Nigga. I think if you're smart, you know it only works with your friends. Yeah, like, yeah. You're not going to go to another group. Oh, no. Uh, you know Eric Glover from over here in Santa Ana? He said I could say it. You know, he said I could say the N word. So it's cool. You would think. You would think. But like, I know there are some people out there that are like, oh, if this guy says it's cool, then I could say it anywhere. And See, so- the thing about that conversation is it's difficult to kind of gauge anything because i've had black friends call me then word and i'm like there's no way i can say it back then there's no way there's no fucking way stop fucking teasing me there's no fucking way you just know and you know there's certain friends where i was like i know you know not that i even say it anymore obviously as a kid like you see that shit all the time but because it's the thing that they tell you you're not allowed to say so it's all you want to say you know what in when i was a kid i never ever used it as any other meaning no, I used it all the time as a kid. Oh, but it, it, any other meaning than like you or my, you know what yeah. I mean? Like, I never even understood it as like a bad thing because like no one around me said it like that. The only first time I noticed it when it was a bad thing was, well, not the A part, but the ER was when I talked to one of my back then friends who, because you know we went to a school where it's like predominantly like Latino and actually just people of color, but I had a friend who had gone to like a white school and. uh it was the first time I ever heard anyone my age say the ER. Oh. And he had said it through AIM, like through message. And I was like, I was like, what the hell? I was shocked. You know, I was just like, whoa, like you're just using it. And and even the way he, he had used it, it was to be like offensive, you know? Um. 
And that's when I was like kind of like shocked because at that point I've never heard it like that. It is still kind of a controversial word. And like there are black people who get really up in arms if you say it. Uh, me personally, I don't care as long as it it's the intent behind it that matters to me. Right. So if you were saying it with like in terms of camaraderie, like what up, my nigga? Like I'm cool with that. Even if you aren't black, like I might like what? And I'm like, oh, okay, well, he's not trying to offend me. So yeah. clearly it's not like any malice intent in there. And so mm-hmm. for me, I'm like chill with it. But every once in a while, I'll be like at a spot where there's like no black people. And I hear a lot of N words. And I'm like, <laughs> y'all are a little too comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> like just, just chill. Like, you know, when you go to, um, Amine had a concert, right? Uh, recently mm-hmm. that my girlfriend went to and he was singing uh, the Caroline song. He's like, mm-hmm. uh, one of the words is like, West side nigga. And like, before he says, it's like West side. If you're not black, don't say the word. <laughs> and then everyone's like, nigga. No. <laughs> if you ain't black, don't say so, it. If you're not trying to offend anybody, if you're not trying to like purposely like have malice or discontent in that word behind it, like I personally don't care. Um, it's when you start hitting me with like that ER. Yeah. Or if I don't know you and you start calling me like that, that mm. like, Especially if you're not black too, like that's again that nigga pass that hall, that, that nigga passport only works for your black friends. Like you need a visa. <laughs> you need, you, that that stamp isn't for everybody. I saw a video of Kendrick where he brings on this like white chick on stage, and I think it was Mad City that was she was singing along with. And when it got to that point, she said N word, and then Kendrick was like, "Yo, what the heck? Like, what are you doing?" And just basically kind of shamed her in front of the whole crowd. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, 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 wait. Am I not cool enough for you? What's up, bro? You gotta bleep one single word, no. though. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I do it? Yeah, you did it. I'm so sorry. And to me, I would have been like, okay, like you put me up here for the song. I'm white. You, you would have to automatically assume that I'm not gonna say it. And if you don't automatically seem that I'm not going to say, like, why did you keep the, the mic in front of my mouth when that word came up? It's it's kind of difficult because especially when you're singing a song and you're kind of like in the moment, sometimes it just comes out. You know what I mean? Like that, that word. And obviously you're singing a lyric. It's it's part of the song. Now, ever since that, I, I see people where the word comes and they'll be like, what's up, my, uh-uh. you know? Yeah, I think uh, with that Kendrick example, um, I think both people, Kendrick was wrong, <laughs> one, for like not giving her some sort of warning, mm-hmm. first of all. That's like, why I like the way he made it. Yeah, like I think he, he should have like given her like a heads up, like, hey, maybe just like be careful about what you're saying. Yeah. And then also for the girl, the woman, like use a little common sense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like if, if, no, if you see a crowd full of African-American or black people and Kendrick invites you up to sing his song and you're going to say a word that refers to all of those black people, like maybe you should take stock of yourself and think like, hmm, is it okay if I say this? Mm-hmm. Like I get you're in the song, you're in the vibe, like you're feeling the music and stuff like that. But like have a little common sense, right? Like it's just like when you're a kid, right? You wouldn't curse in front of your parents because you knew better. So same thing with like this woman, like, you don't want to drop the N-bomb in yeah. front of a crowd of black people because you don't know how they're going to react. Maybe some people are going to be like me, like, fuck it. She's not trying to offend anybody. I don't see any harm in, in it. Mm-hmm. Or there might be some people who get more offended by like, what the fuck? You shouldn't be saying that. So it they're both wrong. Um, but I think that 
as long as again, sent my personal opinion, my personal uh-huh. views. If you are not trying to um, use it in a harmful way or use it to disparage or discourage others, then I don't care. Just another question: Do you think that being a icon or a person that's like very influential, like Kendrick, by putting words into his song that like other people outside of being people of color could use in a way where it could offend people because it could offend people even if they didn't mean it with malice, right? Do you think that he should be more responsible about that? Because let's say if I were if I were Kendrick, right? What made me choose a white girl over that black girl? And 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 what which scenario makes it better? You know what I mean? I would feel like I'm kind of putting this random white stranger on that could go wrong in so many ways, yeah. right? But here I am choosing the person where it's most likely going to go wrong versus a black person where there's very few things. No that, one's going right? to be like, oh, she yeah, said that word. At all. You know what I mean? I, I feel like it's it's so ingrained in the vocabulary and the lifestyle that they've lived to be able to use it. But at the same time, when you get to this certain level, it if you continue to use it so often, you're actually allowing it to reach a bu- like an audience that you've probably never had before that they had nothing to do with the language that they don't even know about it. Cause if you say the N word, right, let's say we talk about like in Asia, a lot of people in Asia say it, but yeah. it has no correlation with the N word out here. You know what I mean? And, and you could easily be mad at them about that too, but they have no fucking clue. Good job, man. All right, nigga. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? And I feel like same thing with that white girl. She probably doesn't understand that common sense is not as common because she's around fucking white people probably say all the time. And it's not something that's linked to mm. like her common knowledge. It's not like she's around black people. They're like, Oh, you shouldn't say that. She's probably around white people who probably does say that for artists like Kendrick, especially when you are creating your art, like it is a reflection of their real lived experiences. Mm-hmm. And so uh, it's authenticity that he's bringing to his music. And mm-hmm. I don't think that he needs to censor himself mm-hmm. because those are his lived experiences. Like that's the language that he's accustomed mm-hmm. to. Um, his audience or his fan base or the people that he often makes music for, like they also are a part of that group. And so I don't think that he should have to censor himself so that mm-hmm. like the people who aren't African-American, who aren't black can like also enjoy his music. They can enjoy his music. They just don't have to say the N word. That's yeah, all. Yeah. 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 Like, or if you want to do it in the privacy of your home or with your <laughs> friends or yeah. with any <laughs> niggas that gave you your nigga passport. <laughs> like, yeah. If they didn't give you that, pass- like don't do it anywhere else. <laughs> so I'm just curious. Cause you, say that as like a musician his art reflects his life do you Mm -hmm. think that no one that's hugely influential like kendrick when they're telling a story about their life when it could be impressionable on other kids let's say like oh yeah i used to shoot up these guys i would kill these people i think to be able to put that out because it reflects their life is not somewhat deemed like irresponsible i don't think he's making music for his audience specifically he's making music for himself and describing his life in the same but way if you make the music product, for yourself you'll need to release it no? in the same way that we're releasing a product we're not tapering ourselves we're not you know everything we release is something like you know a reflection of us you know we're not we're not tapering it to a specific audience or like if a kid watches or something oh we're not, we're not gonna cuss or something you know at least uh, for what i can say for kendrick is that mm-hmm. uh he did talk about that girl and i think she was from copenhagen so i think it's different culture yeah like, yeah, you know, yeah exactly yeah and he talked about it he i don't know if he apologized exactly but he talked about it in one of his songs mm-hmm. but he like the thing about Kendrick is he is very authentic he is doing it as a reflection of his life what he's lived his experiences everything he does is like a story Mm -hmm. a story of his like how he's grown up to ask like you know whether he's like you know changing something for like somebody else for an audience member 
or like people are listening to him is kind of like intruding on the artistic experience. So let, let me kind of flip the script a little bit, right? Let's say there's a white guy. He's okay. a rapper too. Okay. He used to be part of the KKK. He would call people the N-word, hard ER. Mm-hmm, puts yeah. into a song, but he's just explaining his life. Is he wrong to do that? No. Oh, so he's, he could say it. He yeah, could put he'll it get, out of music. I used to do this. I used to kill all these N-words. Do you think that he would become popular or mainstream or that he would get backlash? Honestly, with some of the trash out there, I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, it, if it's if we're talking about it from a creative experience, he is allowed to you know say all that stuff. Will he get backlash? Yeah, of course. Yeah. He's going to get a huge yeah, backlash yeah. because it's... it's in the same thing, it's also common sense too. Like, hey, like this white dude is saying these n words and talking, uh, talking about killing these people and stuff. Obviously, there's going to be a huge backlash. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like you know, there will be a push to be like, you know, don't listen to this person. This is obviously like baiting, like race baiting, anything like that. Whereas, like the opposite, and it's taking the the example to the extreme. And I get what you mean. Yeah. But in the bubble that we're talking about right now, but Kendrick saying that, like, I think it's different. You know, it's where the n word is okay for, like, you know african-american people to say you know a white person can't say that you know that's that's the difference with white people saying it like that context especially for someone who was in the kkk Mm -hmm. like saying the n-word like everyone's going to automatically assume it's coming from a place of malice and like so like that context and like there's no there's no win for him in that situation right yeah yeah like um Maybe a different version of that would be like if a white guy said cracker. And that was like the. <laughs> whoa, 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 you can't say the C word? <laughs> oh, crack up, crack yeah, yeah. up. <laughs> Sorry, not cracker. Hey, thank you, thank crack you. Up. Yeah. Crack up. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, like, that would be like maybe the the same, or like I can see the comparison that way. But, like, yeah. uh, for a white person to use a word that's typically used to disparage black people yeah. in mm-hmm. a song, like, um, that that never looks good. That's why you never hear like Eminem or yeah, he never like, says it. Like he, and you know what's funny is like some people would argue like he probably has a past and like people would yeah. If anyone has a past, it's Eminem. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Like people would argue like yeah, he's cool. I'm fine with it, but like he does it, and so like you can still be successful without having yeah, to use I mean, that word. I mean, I'm not saying that at all, and I think also Kendrick could be successful without saying that word either. Sure. So that's that's not my point. My point was more so if you guys are using the fact that he's telling a story that's true and reflective of his life to tell a create like to create something, then I think that guy has the right too. And and whether or not they receive backlash, that's not the point. Okay. It's I whether or not it doesn't okay. justify. Yeah. But if you're saying they receive back, of course he's got backlash. Okay. And but, I think even Kendrick will get backlash for for doing it like that. You know, it's, it doesn't matter. I think the main thing right now is if if you're trying to justify it because it's a story that's a reality to him for his creative art, then then you know, Emar said, yeah, he should be able to. I I personally don't think so i was bringing that up to show that i think you do have a responsibility to the youth and you know hopefully one day that that's not the case anymore right but as of right now it is still like a kind of like hot word to okay. say and it, it it can cause harm yeah and that's all i'm saying like if he doesn't give it's like i don't filter myself in here because i don't give a fuck who listens to it if the exactly. kid listens to it this is that's fine because if he if i say something that's like harmful i know that i said what the idea that could be harmful to the kid that's not my purpose mm-hmm. but but I'm, I'm gonna say it anyways and i'll take that with that backlash because i know that that's that's the way it could go you know, you see what I'm saying? I'm not yeah. saying things to not receive backlash. I, Got it. I, I could be authentically me knowing that I can receive backlash and I'm okay with that. Okay. I think the context he's trying to say, or at least let me see if I can understand. It's yeah. like, um, basically like if it's in justification, if it's for their music, if they're just telling their lived experiences through their music, then is it justified? And with that, and we said it is for Kendrick Lamar. So I understand like, yeah, we should probably give that, ex-KKK member the same benefit of (laughs) doubt and I do agree to you to a certain extent yeah like talking about your lived experiences um 
Oh man, this is this for, for using the N word, right? Yeah. So like, their argument was that because he lived that life and he's telling that life in his art, in his in his music, that's okay. He's also black, so he's allowed to say it. No, no, that's that's not the point. That's not yeah. the point of his story. What is your point? Black. My point is that if it's irresponsible to a certain audience that could hurt yes. certain people, should he still say it like that? You yes. see what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so you you said yes because it's his art, right? And that's that's your reasoning. That's your justification. So therefore, I went the opposite end. Yeah. And said that, and then. Yeah, yeah, and I'm saying that guy's lived experience so he, too. He, the same thing, he's like right? KKK so he's just telling his story. Yeah, yeah and and yeah. let's say like maybe his whole story is not like that. He's like, that's my youth. That's how I grew up. But I'm not like that anymore. But I'm telling you my real story. Okay. Yeah, I'm not saying he won't receive backlash. That's not my point. So you're with the KKK, is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> what is the point here? <laughs> Twenty years of well, friendship and are just now <laughs> finding this out. Okay, the point is it's context. Right? Yeah, yeah. Mark Twain used in his uh, book Tom Sawyer, Tom Sawyer yeah. a literary device, Edward Jim. Edward Jim. Oh, yeah. I remember, oh. I remember uh, reading that book to yeah. my high school students a couple yeah. years ago. Dude, <laughs> I remember my teacher read that to us. Out loud with that? And no, she would say it too. Well, the argument really I've seen is either everything's okay or nothing's okay. But I don't think that's a solid argument. It has to be context. It has to be context. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. That, I, I 100% agree with that. Yeah, no, no, no. That's exactly. I think I agree with that too. It's context. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's that. No. It's context. Yeah, that's that's exactly what I'm saying. Is that it, being that it was his reality does not make it okay for Kendrick either. I think I think depending on where you're at, like that's what matters most. If if at one point, well, for whatever reason, him saying the N word in his music causes kids to you know promote more violence, whatever's, I would be like, dude, you're you have a, a responsibility to your your fans and stop doing that shit. You see what I'm saying? But you're just like, oh, well, he's telling his truth, so it's okay. I don't think in, at any point that that's okay just because you're telling your truth. I think if it's harmful to, like, majority of society, if it ever becomes like that, then you shouldn't do it. Just like how the opposite of the white guy, it's probably fucking very harmful for him to do shit like that, you know? And I think that's why you shouldn't promote things like that. And again, you like I said, Kendrick could probably get, make good music without using it. Yeah. He could probably tell his reality without using it, to yeah. be honest. I, yeah. I have yeah, I disagree with you too, dude. So, so what part? Well, the part where you know saying the N word is harmful. I didn't say the N word was harmful. Well, you did say that the way his music and his art is being represented, and you tied it with the N word, is inciting some sort of harm. I say no, if it does. Yeah, that's what he's saying. I said at the point that it does. Yeah, you're hypothetical. You, yeah, you're yeah, talking about your hypothetical. You should take responsibility and stop. No, no, no. He, but I'm disagreeing with your hypothetical. Yeah, like yeah. I even get. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I'm like yeah. even getting to that point. Like I get the point of the argument, but there's no point in even. It's not a reality, you know. I get what you mean, but what what is the point? You know what? It, it's all right. Let's let's just say but, one thing, right? But I I will say one thing. The the teacher thing that you mentioned, like I had a teacher say it in my mm-hmm. class, and I remember being at that time. Like there was an African American girl in there, and she just like stormed off. And she went to the principal and she's like, the teacher said the, the N-word and stuff. And at that time, I didn't, I was like, she's totally like overreacting. And like, mm-hmm. we're just in class, you know, like, what it's, we're, re- we're literally reading Tom Sawyer in class, you know. And nowadays, I'm like, you know what? <sighs> I think the right way would have been to like, you know, maybe like address it first. Like, hey, does anyone have a problem with me saying this in class, you know? Because context is important, but people's feelings are important too. You know, so if you have someone who will take offense to it in class, whether they're black, white, Hispanic, it don't mm-hmm. matter, you know. But we didn't have that back then. So we went straight into it. Like, you know, she's like, oh, this, and we're this word. And then 
and we had to do popcorn. Uh-huh. So it wasn't even it wasn't even the teacher saying it, it was like she pick a student saying it too. Yeah. You know, so you'd have like uh, one of the white kids like saying like the N word too, and they're like, mm-hmm. oh, Damn. thinking about it now, I'm like, Damn. she's trying to get everybody to catch a case. <laughs> Everyone's getting Saturday school. Everybody's gonna get beat up after school. <laughs> I, I I didn't understand what was the point of the hypothetical. Like, let's say like okay, the N word. You're talking about if Kendrick says the n-word and it becomes bad for the audience to listen to like it's inciting violence mm-hmm. or whatever you know like yeah. i didn't understand the point of like so the uh, hypothetical yeah yeah okay like, no worries uh so you know a very similar like hypothetical is that in the past couple of years there's been a lot of people killing people on facebook live and on instagram live right what yeah mm-hmm. they'll go out and they'll shoot people and then a lot of people when it got blocked off they said that was censorship but to all the people who was blocking off they said that that harms because it gives kids these ideas that you could do things like that. And guess what? And there's no proof that there's correlation between the next person who did it or not. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, I have no idea if that's, that's true. And those people who usually show up, those people kill themselves. So we'll never know, but I rather not take that chance. You get what I'm saying? Like, like it sounds like such a crazy theoretical, but there's been way crazier things that have gone on. That's cast caused things to cascade way further. So very similarly, like, there was, and again, you have to understand too, kids are very influential, uh, easily influenced, right? Yeah, impressionable. impressionable, right? So we had this whole movement where these kids are eating Tide Pods. Kids oh. are dying, right? Dying. And there are people who literally would say the opposite. Like, don't eat the Tide Pods. Tide Pods Because they'll, they'll kill you. And then kids will eat the Tide Pods. It sounds like, oh, I'd be like, oh, well, this person didn't cause that by saying no, right? Because we don't know if it's a direct correlation. But... There's a lot of like hypotheticals that it really did, you know, and, and sometimes that stance is probably better to not figure it out. You know what I mean? I, like, I'd rather not know than, than know how the outcome might be because we, that theoretical really doesn't stop too much of what he's doing. You see what I'm saying? I think there's in, in your scenarios, I think there's just this, this conversation has so many gray areas Yeah, of course. that it's like really hard to kind of pin down like the right answer. But going back to like the context mm-hmm. and um, like, I think what Kendrick can do to help shield him from like these things in the future is like having like that quick disclaimer yeah, early yeah. on, like, Hey, or not bring on a white fan. Yeah. Or not bring on a white fan. Um, and in the same vein, like, that XKKK mm-hmm. member could also <laughs> put in a disclaimer, but I'd also highly advise against him still using that word because then his song is not going to get out there. Yeah. But still, like I think um, not not changing yourself creatively, but still like kind of front loading like the disclaimer for people to yeah, like yeah. kind of make their own I choice. I think that'd be a great way to approach it. I, I feel like that's like maybe the the most amicable way to approach a situation like oh, that. Yeah. But even then I still like I don't have the answers. There is uh, a lot of nuance when it comes to like these words and these uh hot button issues. And so we have to understand that like um it, it is very situational sometimes. It's context driven. And so like we have to understand that like what works for uh, Kendrick Lamar may not work for the XKKK rapper, <laughs> but uh, they both should have that like freedom to express themselves. They just need to make sure that they understand the context in which they're doing it and how they are presenting it and how they're um, delivering it out to their audience. So like uh, if everyone works at being better at the nuance and explaining those things beforehand, then it'd yeah. be great. But that's, that's, that's just how it is. It's going to be until we get to a point where like, we can find like that line. Everything is going to be gray and just like nuance. And you just kind of have to take it situationally. Yeah, definitely. Oh,
<laughs> all right, end word on three, guys. Nigga, I, nigga, nigga, <laughs> nigga, 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 nigga. <laughs> Just so you all know, this uh, nigga passport only works for in person. Uh, that doesn't translate to videos. <laughs> we talked uh, about fuckboy Glover. Let's talk about wholesome Glover. Beyonce yeah. Glover. Uh, Beyonce Glover. <laughs> Glover Luna. <laughs> How did? Where did you? Where did you meet Taylor? We met on Hinge. Okay. Oh, yeah. Damn. So another yeah. another dating app. Dating yeah. App. yeah. Uh, yes, yes. I think. She after our second date, I had deleted like all my dating apps. Whoa! Yeah, yeah so like second date. Yeah, yeah. Holy crap! Yeah, Dang. actually, um, when you know, you, you know. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, you were at the location where we had our second date. That's the same place I proposed at. Oh, that Christmas no way. yeah, yeah. As uh, is our second or third date? I can't remember exactly, but um, that was the date that she like had said she loved me on our third date, and I like said it what? back to her. What? We were, all right. So here's the thing: <laughs> we had like gone out on like two dates like it was three days in a row of just straight dating so it was like it was a whirlwind so like we were really infatuated in that moment and we were also like pretty sloshed at that point too so like <laughs> does help speed things up yeah and so she said it and i said it back instantly and i was like yes and i was like all right this is the one that i'm gonna like i'm gonna fucking try i'm gonna like put a hundred percent effort into this relationship and so like i was wow. like can't be a fuckboy anymore or anymore. So delete all of my dating apps. Like, so she didn't ask. You just did it. I just did. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I deleted all my dating apps. Um, I deleted anything that would like tempt me to like veer away from my relationship. So I was deleting mm. all the things that like would make me feel like, oh, maybe I can step outside of this. That's crazy. So I didn't know you guys moved that quick because at Kaizen, what? That, that was, was the first. Our second date, I think. That was your second date. That was New yeah, Year's. New Year's, yeah. When oh, I brought her on to meet you guys. I was but. gonna say you were really ballsy on your second date to take us to take her hang out with all the oh boys. Oh my god! So I would, I, I would never. <laughs> so at the time, I was still very actively, or not very actively, but I was still like sometimes going out and stuff like that. And so I was like, look, if this relationship is ever going to last, she needs to be able to survive my friends. <laughs> and so like that's like my litmus test. Like if she can handle these guys like at their worst when they're like the most sloshed, and like, <laughs> if she. Can handle that then she can handle me and my worst mm. and that means like we're off to a good start and so i think that was kind of my thought process and it worked out because the first thing she did was make fun of dewey and i was <laughs> like I fucking love this shit <laughs> 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 like, if you clown my friends like immediately before like you even get to know them like especially dewey of all people oh, like dewey. that's like yeah. fuck you i was like i'm sold huh? see i agree as that is a litmus test but i think it has to be like your tenth date or something <laughs> for me really for me, if, oh yeah if i date someone and i bring them around you guys it's our like i i have at least more than a month t together i'm like i'm not bringing anyone here who's like on our second date what why not <laughs> look at your brother <laughs> <laughs> hey all right, all right. oh that's, yeah that's not even fair dude that's not even fair comparison. no i'm just curious because like you remember that person? one time that i you uh, years ago when i was on a date and i ran into you guys at, uh, at Copper Door. Oh, I was thinking about the one at Salty Bear. No, or, no, no. This or is or about the one that caught me. Oh, wait, this sorry. Was at, this was at... You're just making <laughs> shit up now. <laughs> I was at, probably right. It was at Cop <laughs> I was on a date at Copper Door, and then just 14 of them showed up, and there was like, oh, hey, guys. Oh, hey. Oh, what's up? Hey, guys. And she's like you know all these people and i was like oh yeah they're my friends uh they're just like you know they, it was random they just happened yeah. to be down here she's like i don't think i can do this like this is like too much and i was like what he's like yeah you have too many friends i'm like oh man it is intimidating <laughs> but it also weeds out like it does the week. It so does. Does like for me it's like cool i can get it out of the way earlier rather than like spend a month trying to get to know someone only to find out like 
they can't yeah. be around my friends. So your, your biggest part of your life, right? Yeah. And that's <laughs> and, why I, I'm shocked because you're also the person where it's like, oh, let me tell you my religious beliefs and my political beliefs and talk about taxes and everything in the first date. Yeah. I'll, so I'll oh, no, it's just you guys. Way. I bring them to other friends. It's just you oh, guys. Oh, okay, okay. But, <laughs> you but guys are crazier. <laughs> but we're like the most difficult test. You're the, you, you're the, you guys are my crazy friends. Yeah, you want to throw them on the bus, but not super quick, right? <laughs> yeah. Maybe let's start with a small car, then yeah. move up to the SUV, then the bus. So you said that you guys are almost together for three years, you said? Yeah, three years and two, two days. Two days. Oh. You guys moved in together at what point? We moved in uh, 2021, New Year's Day. We moved in together. Wow. wow. Yeah. So we found a place in Long Beach. We moved in together. And then, like, that was the continuation of the pandemic, like, that stress test. Because yeah. the country was still closed down. Um, people weren't going now. Everyone was working from home. So we were on top of each other 24 hours a day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were on top of each other 24 hours a day for, like, a whole year and like, um, I, I felt like, look, if this doesn't break us, I feel like nothing will because that's when we had to really adapt our different living styles and like come together to find like this happy medium where we can both exist and be our own person, but still be like a happy couple together and then not be like fucking sick of you. Leave yeah. me alone. So when did you know? When did I know that I wanted to marry her? Yeah. The third date when I said I love her. <laughs> In my notes, and I actually have the date that I did this, I started writing vows. <gasps> what? I'm gonna tear up right now again. Let me see. I'm not gonna shit. read them out loud. Read them. Read them. I haven't even gotten married yet. <laughs> <laughs> we'll release this episode after. <laughs> All right, we'll edit this part uh, out. I'll find it later, but yeah, it's in there, and I think I did that like within a week of us becoming a couple. Yeah. Yeah. So like. Damn, you knew, knew. Yeah. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. nice. I knew because we had a lot of similarities. Both tall. <laughs> yeah. Is it because she's taller than you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, Taylor's six one, and I'm six two. But five eleven. Like, <laughs> <laughs> We're both six feet plus. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, and so I, I do. I fucking love, love tall women. So that was like. <laughs> That was cool. I like that. Uh, but that's not why I like fell in love with her. I think it's just because like we have a lot of similarities and um, mm. characteristics. So like a lot of the ways that I think about things are similar to how she does. So like having that similarity made our relationship um, bond a little bit quicker and a little bit easier. Because like you know when you are dating someone for the first time and you have to kind of like get a feel for like their sense of humor and like mm. all that other stuff like. Her and I had a lot of those things in common from the beginning. So it wasn't like me trying to have to feel her out or figure out what she likes. I kind of already had a sense because it's stuff that I had already liked too. So mm. that that helped out dramatically, like significantly. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense because you guys are very similar in a lot of ways. And it's funny because I felt like you became like more like how you always want to be. And she became more how you used to be because if, you ever meet Taylor? She's fucking wild. <laughs> she is like one of the last ones standing. Like she is a tank. <laughs> she is a tank. And Glover now is like the first one to sleep. You know, I am the first one to pass out, and she is the last one to go to sleep. Hey, you're so much more responsible now. Part of that too is because I, I like I love the fact that she's a tank. So like I like that. I was like, cool. I can stop drinking now. Like push her on my friends like hey guys you want to drink drink with her <laughs> here babe take this shot no but then she's scary because i'm like damn when does she stop like <laughs> she don't she don't, <laughs> she don't. baby girl can go all night if you let her <laughs> sir drinking baby girl can drink all night if you let her all right guys <laughs> all right guys welcome back to lightning round where we ask our guests some rapid fire questions if they can't answer on time they have to drink mm. glover are you ready 
fucking nervous, dude. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's weird. All right, let's go. Let's do it. All right. One, two, three. Your first bad date. My first bad date. Oh, I can't remember. Hmm. <laughs> you still have to answer. All right. All right. Um, what was your worst date, you know? My worst date. Oh, okay. This one's embarrassing for me because I was trying to be like really cool. Um, I went on a date with uh, one of your little sister's like friends from school or college and we were in Main Street. And she's, she was old enough. Okay. We're at a bar. Okay. <laughs> we're at a bar. This is, this is, she's old enough, right? See, context is everything. Context <laughs> is everything. So we were at a bar and I, I was just trying to be like cool, like showing that I could drink a lot and shit like that. And so we're like leaving the bar and we're walking down the stairs and I puke in front of everybody, like all her friends, like no. as we're walking down the stairs. And so like that was like probably the worst one just because it's so embarrassing because like up until that point, I was like fucking killing it, dude. Man, like, the hour. I'm I'm definitely like I'm going back to her place after this. Like I feel like I'm yeah. I'm killing oh, it. Oh man! Nope. <laughs> My Jeez. stomach had other plans. They probably rubbed your back. You know, just yeah. like <laughs> that's the quickest way to get me to throw up. Um, your favorite artist right now? I really I still love Kygo just because I love Tropical House yeah. and I love like how soothing and chill and calming it is, and I can listen to it for just about any activity that I'm doing, and it's just very relaxing. So, uh, your funniest memory of Peter. Mm. Night of the Galvatron, thousand percent. Night of the Galvatron. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Night of the Galvatron was a wild ass night um, that basically ended with us like trying to jump off of like a fifty foot cliff because we were drunk off of our asses, and then Peter getting lost in someone's backyard <laughs> and banging on their back door because at the time he's working for Edison. <laughs> I do remember that. <laughs> and he was like, I'm here to check your meters. <laughs> and so that was like the funniest one. And we were like all looking for Peter because he was lost. So that was uh, my favorite or my funniest story of Peter, I think. When did you realize you were black? What the fuck? <laughs> uh, today, no. <laughs> I think when uh, like the context of society, when I really realized that I was like black was um, early. Uh, I want to say like middle school. Because, like, again, kids are assholes. And, like, that's yeah. when I started making derogatory comments about, like, the color of my skin. And that's when I started to really realize, like, oh, yeah, I am black. <laughs> and, like, these are the things that come with being black. And so that's just, I think, young. So I want to say middle school, maybe. What's your fetish? Um, I don't think I have any fetishes. I'm really vanilla, honestly. I, I, <laughs> I'm really vanilla. As a fuckboy, you think I'd, uh, I would, a former fuckboy. Correction. As a former fuck, well, you think I'd have like a lot of things, but I don't really have a fetish. Something you want for this year? Something that I want for this year. Um, I know it's really, I don't want to say unrealistic, but like I really want to try and buy a house this year. Like I don't think that I've saved enough money for that. Like I, there's a lot of things that are going to come up to it, but like I really want to make that as my goal because once I have a house, then I'll feel like I can start really building that family. And so that's, yeah. that's something that I want. Mm. Where do you want to go for your bachelor party? Ah, damn, you keep asking me this and I don't fucking. So I said, uh, Mexico, I'm not mad at that. <laughs> I, I do love international trips, but I don't want to do an international trip like to Europe, like we did mm. for Ampils, Cause yeah. that's like too long. long. And, uh, I don't think it'd be feasible to get like more than a week off. So, um, maybe like Jamaica oh. or like somewhere in the Caribbean. Okay, that'd be tight. Hmm. Biggest fear? Heights. I am terrified of heights, and I am terrified of being alone. Mm. What about tall women? Fucking love them. 
Climb that shit like a ladder. (laughs) Have you not seen my fiance? All right. Dream car. Dream car. Ooh. Mazda RX-7 Spirit. Yeah. That has always been like the world's sexiest car in my mind. Um, And then second would probably be like an Aston Martin. And then third, uh, my personal favorite. Everyone always thinks it's weird that I like this. Miatas. I knew that one was coming. I fucking love Miatas. I had two of them. I fucking love Miatas. They're awesome. They're so much fucking fun. All right. If you could eat one thing for the rest of your life, what would it be? I think you know the answer to this. (laughs) 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 Absolutely not. No, I'm kidding. Uh, Tacos. 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 A thousand percent tacos. Mexican food. I cannot live without it. Like... Um, Taylor and I had like mm-hmm. joked about moving and I was like, absolutely not because I can't get tacos anywhere else like this good other than Mexico. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. it's like, I don't want to move anywhere that doesn't have good Mexican food. Mm, okay. Where do you see yourself in three years? In three years? Uh, hopefully, uh, a father, um, Ooh. married, owning a house. Uh, hopefully our Airbnb business is really taken off by then too. So that's, that's something I hope to see in a couple of years. And then, uh, being able to kind of like take time away from my job so that I can spend time with my family. So like having more f- a flexible work st- lifestyle. Thank you uh, for coming. Yeah, uh-huh. thank you for having <laughs> me. Totally. Uh, as, a, uh, as a longtime listener, I am really excited to be a, me- a guest on your show. So this yeah. is awesome. Thank you. All right. Well, that concludes our lightning round. I want to say thank you to our very not fuckboy friend Glover mm-hmm. anymore. Um, <laughs> our very wholesome, very funny uh, let us know where we can find you. Uh, yeah, so if you want to reach out to me or contact me, uh, Instagram is probably the only social media I still use, and even that is very rare, but uh, you can find me. It's it's ITZ underscore Glover at Instagram, and so that's how you can find me. Right. And I'm do- totally down to reach out and talk to people about the conversations we had today, too, because I love discussing stuff like politics and all that other mm. shit, too. So like, I'll <laughs> They're be- like, hey, can you give me the, the visa? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, the new password only works for me <laughs> thank you guys for watching all the way through make sure you like subscribe and comment below what you guys thought about the episode and what you guys would like us to talk about next but always remember live, live fast, fast and eat ass, ass.